Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast. Live in large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Today, we'll be talking about working agreements. What is it and why you should have one with your team? So normally you join a team and you're collaborating with your teammates, but there has to be that initial meeting where you get to kind of identify what are some things that people are required to do in order to do their jobs. I don't think that we expect anyone to just, hey, get to work, start cracking code, make it happen. I wouldn't suggest if you are a team lead to say that to your team because I'm sure they will find that highly disrespectful. So don't do that. We're going to talk about working agreements, what they are, when it works well, and what pitfalls to avoid, and how to run one. Let's start with the definition of what is a working agreement, also known as team norms or guidelines developed by the teams as to how they work together to create a positive, productive process. Now, I think working agreements is something that you would do now more than ever if you're remote because working at an office may have some implicit rules and structures in which individuals will work. But now that we've all been remote, there are some things that we need to align ourselves with. The definition within the working agreement, it is a meeting in which everyone can align on team norms and expectation of each person. And on this remote space, there's also conversations about time zones and, you know, you could be living on the East Coast and then individuals on the West Coast three hours earlier than you. This meeting, it will help everyone align to the things that are very, very important to them. When does a working agreement work well? When they're important to the entire team, they're fully supported by each team member, they are simple and limited in number. And I think that one is very, very important because if you have like, for example, 15 rules in your working agreement, you might get lost in breaking one or two because you have to keep all 15 at the top of your mind when you have an agreement and you agree to everyone on your team. So always be mindful. Try to keep it as concise as possible when creating the working agreement. Here are some other things that would work well within a working agreement. They can be shared with new people in less than 30 seconds. So it's no crazy diagram. It's not an org chart. It's words with simple tenants that one would have. The members are reminded of agreements during process checks. So it's just like any time someone breaks the rule, you're able to bring it up in a way that brings it to their attention without being mean or disrespectful. And finally, the members are reminded of agreements when they are broken. Here's an example. Suppose we are in a meeting and I run late. I run late to this meeting. And one of our tenants within the working agreement is we will not be late to a meeting unless we notify. If I show up late to the meeting, someone can say, hey, Bobby, is everything okay? We noticed that you were late to the meeting. If everything is okay, just like please inform us that you will be late so that we don't have to wait an additional three minutes for you to join before we start the meeting. I think that's not a disrespectful way to bring up the idea of something that we all agreed upon, especially if I agree that I wasn't going to be late without notification and I am late without notification. So things like that is something you would want in your working agreement. Some pitfalls 
to be careful about a working agreement, they may be hard to keep and therefore keeps being broken. I think this is pretty difficult, especially when you have a lot of tenants and ideas or really strict working agreements. They're more likely to be brittle and broken. So that's probably going to call for more team meetings to rehash the working agreement. So be mindful of that. Working agreements are not reflected on at regular intervals are not posted. Okay, so tell me working agreements was a you know in-person process without telling me that it was an in-person process. I've worked at a team where a working agreement was plastered on the wall and everyone was able to see it. And anytime that it was broken, you know, we always joked and forcefully pointed at the thing on the wall. The example being like, don't be late to a meeting without notification. I think that was one of them. And it's just like, ah, Bobby. And then you're like pointing down number three and everyone's like, we can rag on each other because we all agreed. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I hope everything's okay before we talk about this. And always make sure that if a rule is constantly being broken to you know rehash that particular rule and assess whether it's the, we're going to enforce it or just change the working agreement altogether. Working agreements are long or complex and therefore hard to follow or remember. Always want to keep your working agreements very, very general. Working agreements are not supported by the whole team. It is important that if you're in a working agreement meeting, that you agree to everything in the discussion. And if you're not, you need to speak up because after this meeting, everyone will claim that we all agree to this process and these tenants. So if it doesn't spark joy, then you should be able to speak up and talk about why it doesn't and whether it should just be reworded or wordsmith or removed entirely. And lastly, when there are too many working agreements to follow, I can imagine it's like if there's just a lot of numbers within it, or you have working agreements per team, uh, like a new interface with the development team. And then with the PM, it's a different working agreement. I think that everyone should just have a solid working agreement that works with everyone all together. So try not to keep working agreements on a space or team by team basis. I would say include your PM with the developers. You have a QA team, they should be included as well and talk about ways to work together as a team. And we're going to talk about how to run one. So I'm going to share a secret that I use in my everyday life since we've gone remote. People got a lot of time, myself included. And I think one of the things that, you know, looking back, the thing that we used to do in person, it was very easy to just facilitate a meeting. You know, remember when you had to schedule a room and you had to get all the supplies? Stride used to give us these supply packs with like post-its and index cards and Sharpies and all this other stuff that we would have with us so that whenever we need to facilitate any meeting, we were ready, ready to go. And you had to book the meeting. You had to go in there and wait for people to walk in. And then you start the meeting with like an agenda, have to explain how the meeting could run, all this stuff. We don't really have to do that anymore. But what makes it difficult is that there's all sorts of different ways of drawing on a screen and facilitating meetings have been a new skill that a lot of people have had to use. My tip of the day would be 
always Google the kind of meeting you want to run and then follow it with your application of choice for drawing. So at Shrive, we use Mero. So just to give you an idea, we had to run a working agreement meeting very recently. And I just Googled working agreements, Agile, Miro. And you'll find different templates that people have created and curated. And you can find the one that works for you and your team. I would suggest for a lot of meetings, check if there's a template that exists for you. And if you want to have really interesting retrospectives, you could run remoteretro.org. Check that out. That's a Stride-related product that we use, and it's free. That is remoteretro.org, all one word. If you want to run a different kind of retro, you can run a starfish retro. You can run a sailboat retro. And you can look up all these different kinds of retros and just put that name followed by Miro, and chances are there's a template. We recently ran a working agreements meeting and I tried to put this particular skill to the test and I found one template that was fairly easy to follow. It is the working agreements meeting according to the URL or rather the Google link. I use John Spruce's working agreements template that's found in the Miroverse. I don't think I'm in the Miroverse right now, but that is where I found it. And there's a description of what it is. They have some pictures that John already have put up. So John, thank you so much for setting that up. And I can just go over some of the things that John, in his example of a working agreements meeting, things that are important to a team. The first five are essential to the values of Scrum, which is commitment, courage, focus, openness, and respect. And then he added three more that is specific to working remotely that John has ran into many times, which is the Vegas rule, use the chat, and cameras. And the way that we ran the meeting this morning is that we took time to look at some of these images. And I gave the ability for users, for our team members to have three stickies so that they can then vote on the things that are important to them. If something was not represented within the stickies, we were able to then just create a new sticky, explain the thing that we would like, as well as putting our votes to that. And I'm more than happy to share some of the things that we came up with. This particular working agreement that we have has six tenants. And you could kind of merge one with the other. As I go through them, you'll see why. We have communication, speak up when you have a question and letting people know when you're running late. And we can use Slack, Zoom, smoke signals are great too. Obviously, that's a joke. But the idea of communicating with your fellow team members is a way for us to know that we're running late or not. Breaks. Breaks are very important to an individual on the team. Sometimes we forget to take a break and we may need to be more adamant about using the Pomodoro technique where we take 25 minutes to do some work and five minute break afterwards. I think it'll be healthy for all of us to... I think the technique is for 20 seconds, look 20 feet away from you is a technique that I have heard somewhere. And I think that I'm Blessed enough to have a window that just is there. There's a tree right in front of us. I don't think I can really see 20 feet. But 
the idea is that people like to take that as a break. If you have five minutes, definitely go for a walk. I definitely go and pick up Geo and we, you know, spin him around and, you know, make sure I hang out with him before I get back to work. And a lunch break is also a kind of break that needs to be, I ask specifically for it to be preserved because I do have a three-year-old and I want to be sure that I'm, you know, having lunch with him before he starts daycare soon. I can't believe it. It's going to happen soon. It's kind of wild. We also have a tenant for openness. We actually, I voted for the openness column to bring your whole self when you're at work to everyone. And that includes, you know, if you got any quirks or any accent, things you want to share, stories like I want to be a part of that because I also don't want to be closed off with my team members. So I made that a point that openness is important to, for me and everyone agreed on that. Commitment. We take our work very seriously. We all value our craft and wish to uplift every team member to do the same. So it's, you know, if there is a particular design pattern that exists, we will discuss and have a conversation about that and we will all learn from each other. Lastly, respect, respect other people's ideas and give the space for us to share what we think while we work. We will respect everyone as a human being and trust and respect go hand in hand. So those are very, very general related working agreements. I've had working agreements that had specific uses of modes of communication that were specified. No Slack hangouts where you can just pop into a voice chat like, no, if we need a meeting, we'll do it at Zoom. Working hours like was specifically set on a particular working agreement. And it doesn't have to be that specific, right? If you have a working agreement and it's you know for breaks, for example, then the two individuals that are pairing will be able to figure out when is the best time to pair is the idea. As long as you keep it very general and everyone agrees to it, thumbs up at the end of the meeting, then it's best to, you know, in the remote world, pin it on the Slack channel of your team so that everyone has an idea of where they can find these working agreements at the end of the day. I hope you learn something new with the working agreements and how to run one. And if there's one tip that I would ask for you to learn, Miro probably has a template to the meetings you want to run. So I guess crack open Miro board, create a working agreement with your team, make sure everyone agrees to it, and do your best to keep it in a place where people can refer back to it. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.